the table. The video said the table is where life happens. In fact, in just a minute, I'm going to ask for a couple of volunteers. I'm going to come out there in the audience, so be ready. Now, I want you to be thinking, a couple of brave soldiers out there, brave souls that might say, I, I want to share a memory from the table. We had an amazing testimony this morning. A gentleman just randomly said that his grandfather built their kitchen table. And he engraved in, as he built that table, he engraved in the table his love for his wife. And every time they would gather around that table, you could feel the love that his, his, he said his grandma and grandpa had for one another. That was a beautiful testimony. Memories at the table. They said the table is where life happens. Table is where lessons are learned. At the table is where where wounds are comforted. The table is where we laugh till it hurts. I like that one. Because I can assure you at our house, man, listen, sometimes, especially on Sundays, when our family gathers around two tables, because we've got too many for one table, but that that one table where the youth gather, the younger uh, people in our family Oh my, sometimes we will wonder what is going on. What are they talking about as they laugh and laugh and laugh together. We love it. The table is where we gather with family. This Thanksgiving was a was was more than likely for many of us and for those that did not have this privilege, I, I want you to know you are loved and you are invited to our table or to any table in our church family. We don't want anybody to go without a family here at Gospel Light. But our family gathered with about 35 or so this Thanksgiving and and we shared stories. And of course, we have a tradition I've shared with our church. In my As I get older, I get a little more sentimental. And so now I've got this, this thing where we have to gather around the table. We encircle the table. We hold hands and we pray. When 35 people hold hands, that's a huge circle. And we held hands and we prayed. But before we prayed, we shared Thanksgiving stories. And you know, it took a while. Dinner was ready. But we didn't eat for 30 minutes. Because that's how long it took for 30, about a minute a person. As we went around and just had each one share something they were thankful for. And, And as they shared, tears were shed. Tears of joy. Tears of thanksgiving. I can't imagine a Thanksgiving meal without that ceremony taking place in our home. A ceremony of Thanksgiving. And then we nourished our bodies really good. Amen. And then it said that we gather, the table is a place where we give thanks. And where we remember what great gifts we have been given. Is there one or two maybe, someone that would say, hey, I want to share a memory around the table. The table, see at my house... When I, grow, grew, when I was growing up, we didn't have these memories because my mom and dad were divorced when I was a little, like, two years old. And so my mom worked a third shift job. It was TV dinners for us, and we just did the best we could to make it through. Mom would get home at 10 or 11 o'clock after working a double shift. And so I, I didn't have that blessing. I do now. I do now. But how many of you remember the table being a, a gathering place where you'd like to share a memory? We had a small crowd this morning and two nominees. So I'm going to see if we've got a big crowd. We've got anybody? Sarah. I love you, Sarah. I need the exercise. Thank you. Sarah's a memory. I'm 
of Swedish heritage. And a little closer. I'm of Swedish heritage, and my uh, grandfather, great-grandfather, great actually came over from Sweden, and we have some cookies that my mom has made for years and years. They're called krumkaka, and they're on a special iron, and I grew up in a home where we made those every Christmas, burnt my fingerprints off. Um, always said we could commit great crimes after that because we had no fingerprints, <laughs> literally. But then my mom gave me that iron uh, a few years back, and now we make those at my table with my children, and they get to burn their fingerprints off. <laughs> and so it's just something that will be passed down. Isn't that awesome? That's what I'm talking about. A memory, a Thanksgiving memory. Great. All right. Carol Ann? The other Carol Ann. <laughs> yeah, the other Carol Ann. Um, <clears throat> In uh, 2006, uh, Frank and I were living in Wichita, Texas before I got to come back to Arkansas. But anyway, cutting to the chase, my sister was going on a trip. She met us on I-30. I got my mother, Betty Gilmer, who was living here in Hot Springs at the time, uh, for Thanksgiving. I had my grown children, and then that would be her great-grandchildren all together that Thanksgiving. It was so precious. We gathered around. We ate. She got to see them. They got to see her. And that coming March, she died unexpectedly. So that is probably one of the most precious Thanksgivings I've ever had. Wow. Memories of people who used to be around the table but are no longer there. They're, they're in heaven. And we'll... Is there one more? Oh, good. Kathy. Growing up, my grandpa Crane, my mom's dad... Um, we often were at their table, and he always would pray. And um, David and I get our tears from Grandpa Crane because he couldn't go to the Lord without having tears. And um, he's been in heaven a lot of years now, but those tears around the table as he was thanking the Lord for the food and for the family, and um, what a heritage I have in my grandparents and my parents. Amen. And um, those memories I'll, I'll keep in my heart forever. That's awesome. Tears around the table. How many of you remember Brother Yoshida, my father-in-law? Got a few hands? Brother Yo was a big table guy. Man, he loved to gather around the table and eat. And he had the gift of hospitality, so... Many times we would have families over for dinner, and it was always a big spread. That's where we get this tradition of Sunday afternoon meals with big, big gatherings. And, and uh, it's still, you know, Miss Yoshida carries that tradition on today in our family with, with her daughter, Carol Ann, my, my wife. But Brother Yo, I, that reminded me, Kathy, as you shared that, just the, the times that he would, he would cry around the table. He could hardly pray without weeping, just uh, thanking God for his family and the blessings of God. There's something about the table. As you know, we have a set table. Many of you have seen that, and probably many have not wondered why. You saw the title of the message. You know we have the Lord's Supper tonight. But I feel as, as, as pastor this morning that I have a great responsibility to elevate this ordinance this morning to a place where all of us understand what is going to take place tonight. Because tonight we will come to the Lord's table. And we probably won't come to do some of the things that were mentioned in the video. Like, we probably won't come necessarily with the idea of, of great laughter or, uh, or, or to do some of the other things that were mentioned, although those are good things. But tonight we come to remember. 
to remember the Lord Jesus and his broken body and his shed blood, what they represent, what they mean to all of us. And so in Luke chapter 22, I've singled out some verses. There's all kinds of passages you can use for the Lord's Supper, but I chose Luke here. And I want to read you these verses and then begin to share some thoughts with you this morning that I think will be helpful and interesting. Verse 14 says, And when the hour was come, he sat down at the table and his twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I, Jesus, say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks. And he broke it and gave unto them. And he said, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Notice the emphasis placed on given for you, shed for you. You see, Jesus tonight is inviting you to a supper, a supper that he has prepared. And he's prepared it by giving his life for you, for your salvation, his broken body, his shed blood. And so this morning, I want to give you five reasons why we come to the Lord's table. Why is this so important? Why do we emphasize this? Is it something that that we should take seriously? Is this a service tonight that we should not miss? Is this something that we should prioritize before anything else? And why did Jesus say that he wanted us to gather together as oft as we would like? Every church is different. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Number one, first of all, the first reason why I believe we're coming to the Lord's table tonight is we come to give thanks. To give thanks for the price that was paid for our redemption. The price. We come to give thanks Notice in verse number 19 and 20, and I have these verses singled out on the screen. So you can notice it says, and he took bread and gave thanks. He gave thanks. And tonight we will give thanks. We'll come tonight with an attitude of gratitude. That's why we'll come. To show our appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. That's why we give thanks thanks before we eat. We, we often use that terminology, don't we? Who wants to, hey, this is kind of an old-fashioned way of doing it, but I bet many of you will totally connect with this. You're, you're gathered around the table, right? And somebody says, hey, who wants to give thanks? What does that mean? We're going to pray. That, that's what, we're going to bow our heads and pray. Who would like to give thanks? Because that's what you do. 
What you do when you gather around the table is you give thanks. What do you give thanks for? Well, there's a thousand things to give thanks for, right? Sure there is. But tonight, we will give thanks for the sacrifice, for the price that Jesus paid so that you and I could be saved. We sang about it a moment ago. Now my debt is paid. It is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We give thanks. Now listen, I, I'm going to give thanks this afternoon. It's Joe's birthday tomorrow, and so Joe got to choose what we were eating today. So he's cho- chosen one of my favorite meals. Tonight, t- today, this afternoon, we'll have chicken cutlets. Chicken cutlets. All oh, the breaded chicken cutlets, the way they make the bread and the seasonings, and, and they, they fry them just perfectly. Oh, don't you like fried? The word fried, just, oh, it's so good, isn't it? And, uh, oh, man, you health food nuts. I'll take a grilled chicken, no seasonings. Loser. Anyway, okay, and uh, <clears throat> just kidding. I love you. I know. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'll do that tomorrow. And uh, fried chicken cutlets, and then we'll have some asparagus. Oh, asparagus. I love asparagus. Broccoli cheese casserole. What else, hon? Rice pilaf. Really? Oh, rice pilaf. Miss Yoshida, if you have never tasted Miss Yoshida's rice pilaf, it's amazing. And you know what I'm going to do this afternoon? I'm going to give thanks for all that stuff. We're going to gather around the table, hold hands, bow our heads, and give thanks for the money that God prepared to buy the food, for the hands that, that, that were given to make the food. We are going to give thanks. But how much more? How much more should we come tonight and give thanks? What can I do? I want you to think about this question. What can I do to show my thankfulness for this? Hebrews chapter number 2 in verse 3. Scripture says, How shall we escape if we neglect... I want you to look at the next three words. So... Great salvation. This is not just some little old uh, chicken cutlass. This this is not just rice pilaf that you taste for a few moments and then it goes away. This lasts forever. This is great. This is amazing. This is phenomenal. This is salvation. This is why I don't have to go to hell. This is why I will not burn forever and ever in a place of torment separated from my heavenly father for all eternity because he saved me. His broken body, his shed blood is so great that tonight I'm going to come and give thanks for it. And that's the way we do the answer to the question How can I show my thankfulness? Here's the answer. Come to the table. Come to the table. The table has been prepared. Jesus invites us to supper tonight to show our gratitude. Number two, we come secondly to the table to separate ourselves from the sin that Christ died for. Now, when I say that, I'm not speaking of 
some sort of uh, second salvation experience or another. I'm not speaking about that. This is this is not. This is not the way that we are saved. This, this has nothing to do with a works salvation. But there is something that, that is emphasized in coming to the table that has something to do with cleansing. For instance, have you ever said this to someone before dinner? Maybe you visited someone's home and, hey, where's your, where's your restroom? Oh, it's just right down the hallway. Well, thank you. I'm going to go what? I'm going to... Anybody know? I want to wash my hands. I want to wash my hands before dinner. That's, that's something we, you know, we, 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 we totally associate that with, with coming to the table because we, we want to be clean. I'm going to wash my hands before I come to the table. That's what we'll do tonight. You see... Tonight gives us an opportunity to examine ourselves. Uh, let me show you in, in Scripture. 1 Corinthians in chapter 10 says that you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. You know, have you ever read a verse in you thought, wow, that's, that's, that's interesting. I've, I've never really looked at that verse in that way, or I've never really, that verse has ne- never really spoken to me, or I wasn't really sure what that verse was, was teaching. And oftentimes we, we feel that way because when we read Scripture, you know, we read it all together, and, and sometimes we need to stop and slow down and focus on a particular passage for a particular time or event. And tonight, the event is the Lord's Supper, and the passage says... Wait a minute, time out. When you come to the table, wait, you cannot, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. It, it just doesn't work that way. You, you can't come to the Lord's table and come to the devil's table at the same time. So what do we do? Well, the Bible says in the next verse I want to show you, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, 28, that we ought to examine ourselves so that we can eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So there's an examination here, and that examination has something to do with separating ourselves from the sin that Christ died for. A reminder of what Christ died for. He died to forgive us of our sins. And yet some of us, all of us, including me at times, seem to struggle with that cup. The cup of the devil. The temptations of this world. And so tonight, the Lord's Supper is a wonderful time to take inventory. Listen, church, to do a spiritual checkup. Anybody ever had a checkup? Know what I'm talking about? Like, you go to the doctors. My, my dad, uh, uh, 2003, we talked about this because dad was in town this week, and he, he, he asked me, he said, hey, son, when, when, when did you have your last checkup? Remember now, 2003, I had prostate cancer, and it was only because of the checkup that it, it, it was caught early, and... And I still haven't had any issues, son. So how was your checkup? What did they say? They did blood work. And blood work is important when you go to the checkup because blood work is done. And and the doctors examine the results of your blood work. And oftentimes they can see problems before the symptoms show up. They'll say, you know, 
I tell you, this is a little higher. This, this, whatever this number is, is a little higher than last time. I just see a little trend here. It's supposed to be here, but it's here. Let's, let's do this. Why don't you, and they'll tell you something to do because they see something maybe showing up and they identify it and they examine it and then they give you instructions to make sure that it doesn't get worse. Are you catching up with me yet? Everybody there? You see, in the same way, tonight as we examine ourselves under the surveillance of his precious blood we will easily see if there are some backslidden tendencies in our lives that's part of what tonight's about to come near to christ and and to allow this moment this this lord's supper to examine ourselves and and to separate ourselves further from the sin that he died for And so we come four times a year. Now, many churches gather a a different number of times. I've heard as many as once a year. Others do it every week. And not just the Catholics or the Lutherans, but I know know Baptist churches that would, would partake of the Lord's Supper every week. I had a very great, interesting conversation with one of our my non-denominational friends in town who, who every service, they, they partake of the Lord's Supper. And I had some questions for him, just asking some different questions and ideas, just to learn. Because every church, it doesn't say you have to do it a certain number of times. It just says for the, each local church, as oft as ye do it, as, long, as many times as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. But I think there's, in defense of churches that do it more often, I understand. I understand that a big part of that has to do with this right here. Because sometimes I feel as if we would, we, we would, we would be so much closer to God if we would take the time to allow the Lord's Supper to accomplish in us what one of the reasons why we do it, and that is to examine ourselves. And not that we can't do this on a regular basis, but I find that this gives us a focused time to do it. You'll see tonight as you come that the the spirit is right, that the moment is sweet, that there's something about remembering his death that brings us to a place of repentance. God, help me to to, to look at my life in in a way that would be pleasing to you. Forgive me, God. Cleanse me. Wash me. And so we'll do that tonight. And in a time of prayer, we'll have an opportunity just to examine ourselves. Maybe this morning. Some would come and just say, I, I'm going to use this invitation as a way of preparing myself, separating myself, identifying some backslidden tendencies in my life. Yeah, preacher, I know what you're talking about. By the way, I know what you're talking about too. Just things that, man, shouldn't be there. That shouldn't be there. And it's creeping up and it's gotten a little worse lately. And I just want to deal with it right now. Jesus Jesus, Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me. I want to be clean tonight. Number three, we come to the Lord's table to enjoy communion with the Savior who loves us. That's why we come. You see, the word communion is is not just a word that that we use without understanding what it represents, what it means. It's, it's a great word. The word communion means intimacy. 
The, the word communion means to exchange or to share. And tonight, that's what we'll do. We will come tonight. Jesus, guess what Jesus says to everyone in this room? Oh, you don't want to miss this. Jesus says to everyone in this room, I love you. And he says, it. I love you this much. Jesus stretched out his arms on that cross. They were nailed to the cross. And part of why I believe he did that, one of the reasons, even if it's just an example today, would be to say, this is how much I love you. And he stretched out his arms and died. He died for you. And he says, I love you. And he wants to know, do you love him? Do you love Jesus tonight, today? He wants to hear those words. He wants to enjoy some intimacy with you tonight. And that's why the service tonight will be a little more intimate. It's a sweet, special service. We set it aside. We moved it to Sunday night. We, we have it for an hour. It's not a tag-on. It's not something we throw uh, to the side and say, get it over with. Because it's, it's more than that. It's bigger than that. It's, it's more meaningful than that. It's a, a time where we, we love Jesus. We, we, we exchange with Jesus words of love and intimacy and it's called communion. We bless him because he's blessed us. 1 Corinthians ten sixteen puts it like this. The cup of blessing. It's a cup of blessing. In fact, in some translations, it would say the cup of thanksgiving. I like that, especially since we just celebrated Thanksgiving. But here in the King James, it says the cup of blessing, which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? In other words, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, makes it possible for us to have access to, to, to God through Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And we bless him for that. And he blesses us. We'll come tonight to give thanks. And tonight, as you look over to the Lord's Supper tonight, and if we could have... I had a lot of ideas as to what I would have maybe wanted to do. I, I thought about putting the table on the platform and actually doing a little skit. And I'll tell you what my, my mind was. My, I, I'm always thinking about Sundays. Believe me, I'll start thinking tomorrow morning about next Sunday, the next Sunday, and the next Sunday. And I just, I love Sundays. Because I want to make, I, I want to make this more than just a church day for you. I want it to be a worship experience. I want you to be able to have visual aids and picture the powerful love of Christ. And I thought about having a family gather around the table, if you would picture this with me, even though I'm not, it's not reality at the moment. And, and this table would have been here, and a family would have been gathered around, and they would have been having fun, like we do around the table, and talking and asking questions, but there would be an empty chair. Because I want you to know, at every table... There's an empty chair. That chair, though really isn't empty, it's, it's a place where Jesus should sit at every table. You see, because he is here. He's in this place. He's sitting in your pew in that empty seat. Think about it. He's here. He's in this place. In fact, James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. And so tonight... The reality is this, the presence of, of Jesus will be real tonight, not in the elements, but, if you will, in, in the atmosphere. 
We will draw near to him. He will draw near to us. We'll have communion with him tonight. Communion. Wow. It's awesome. And you know, sometimes when, when certain people were coming over the house when I was growing up, or even when Brother Yo was alive, and we would have, you know, preachers come over, or missionaries come over, and we would always be so excited. And, and, and they would ring the doorbell or knock on the door and everything would change. I think they're here. I think they're here. They're here. And we, you know, everybody would kind of get ready for the grand entrance of this guest. I wonder how we feel about Jesus today. He's here. When you came to church today, I know you were glad to see so-and-so and so-and-so, but are you glad today to be with Jesus? His presence. Number four, we'll come to the table tonight to claim healing for the hurting. To claim healing for the hurting. You know, there's hurting people in every church. In our family, there's people that are hurting physically, emotionally, spiritually. And we're coming tonight to claim healing for them. It's a great opportunity. I think the Lord's Supper is something that has so many components to it. And one of those components is that Jesus died to save us from our sins, but he also, when he died to to save us, he died to to save our body, soul, and spirit. And thank God one day we're going to have a new body. Amen? Isn't that going to be great? In fact, this week one of our members was in a major car accident. Her name was Leah Childers, and she was a graduate of Champion and serving faithfully in our Compassion for Children's ministry. One of the best... Children's workers, we, we honestly, we, we have in our church. Amazing girl. She worked at the kitty care, daycare here in town and lived in our neighborhood and just served in a gospel life. Faithfully, never missed. But she will be missed. She'll be missed tonight. She'll be missed for a few weeks and months as she recuperates from a near-fatal car accident right here on Airport Road. It was just a few days before Thanksgiving. In fact, she got out of the hospital on Thanksgiving. They broke her femur and collarbone and, and, and some, some bones in her foot and man she was really, in fact if you'd have seen the pictures you, you, would have, you would have thought there's no way she lived through that accident but by the grace of God she lived and we've had the chance and many of you and my wife and I and others have had the chance multiple times to visit her this week and pray with her and, and see the power of God heal her and, and strengthen her body to where she could go home and live with her grandma for a few weeks and maybe months and go through the therapy she'll need to get back on her feet. I say all that to say tonight we come together to pray for her healing and to pray for God to touch her life and continue to strengthen her body. We'll come tonight and be reminded of others in our church that are hurting physically and then also others that are hurting emotionally. Body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, soul. The emotions. And, and, and there's so many that, that are struggling because of things that have happened in their lives and situations and events and different things that sometimes can disturb us emotionally. We just need to be healed. We need God to give us peace, don't we? We just need peace about certain things that have happened. And then in our spirits... Spiritually, some need healing just because they, they've been away from God or they've, they've backslidden some. Or there are others maybe that have never trusted Christ and need to be saved. A healing spiritually. Tonight will come and Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 puts it like this. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may not obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
What is your need right now? Is it, you know, without raising your hand, I mean, just in your heart, what is your need? What, what is your physical need, your emotional need? What is your spiritual need tonight? Everyone has one. Share it with somebody tonight. Share it with somebody. Have somebody pray over you tonight. It's not spooky. That ought to be normal in the house of God. This morning, someone walked up to me in the first service and shared with me something that they wanted me to pray with about a loved one who is having a, couldn't come to church this morning because their parents are lost and they didn't want her to come today. And, and they were burdened about her. And they said, would you pray for her? And I said, could we pray right now? He said, really? I said, yeah, it was just right now. He said, sure. And right in the middle of church, we prayed. Can you believe we would do that? In the middle of church, we would pray. Kind of awkward, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not awkward. And this is where, this is, God said that, that, that my house shall be called a house of prayer. Prayer should be something that, that is not awkward, but that is comfortable in church, that is normal in church, that is special and powerful. And so tonight we'll come to pray. I love Psalm 46, verse 1. It's probably one of my favorite verses to quote when someone's in trouble or struggling. That God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of need. And then let's claim Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Come all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we come tonight. We come to the table to claim healing for the hurting. And then finally, we come to enjoy fellowship with the saints. We come to enjoy fellowship with the saints. You know, one of the most enjoyable things about dinner is fellowship. The conversation. There's something about gathering with family and just asking questions, chatting, talking. There's nothing worse. You know, sometimes, now my wife, she cannot stand silence at the table. Oh, it's hilarious. And she, she, she knows sometimes we'll be... You know, it'll get just a little quiet, and then she'll start off with this. Mm. 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 I mean, she'll just start grunting over there. You know, she, she, we laugh because she knows this kind of drives. Driven. She didn't know it drove me crazy for years, but I would just say, honey, you do this like all me along. You like make these grunts and things. But she says, I just, I just, when it gets quiet, I just don't like. So, whenever, like three seconds is too long for Carol Ann. So as soon as there's three seconds of quietness or silence, she breaks it with a question or a statement or something. Or so tell me. So tell, but, you know, isn't that what she's she's right. You know, that's what supper's about. It's about fellowship. It's about laughter. It's about talking. It's about enjoying one another. And tonight. I love it when the service is over. I mean, we come we come with more of a intimate setting in the beginning and it's it's a, it's a sweet service it's a little more serious in a good way in a positive way but a more ser- but at the end we celebrate because you know what he did not he did not just die and go to that grave he rose again that's why a song written about the death of christ truly is not as effective until it mentions the resurrection because he did not stay in that grave and so after we're finished we finish today honoring him and praising him for the great sacrifice and giving thanks for that. We will then praise him that he rose from the dead. He lives forevermore. And we begin to fellowship. And, 
and their smiles and conversations. And, oh, there's a few that may have to slip out real quick. But we encourage folks to enjoy the fellowship of, of saints. And, you know, I love coming together with you guys every Sunday. And just a big part of, of this church is the fellowship aspect of it. We picked up people for Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving feast, we call it, right? On Thanksgiving Day. And a big part of that is the fellowship. In fact, when somebody goes through the line to eat in-house, which we don't have a lot of those, but we do have, we pick up, I usually go out and pick up a few homeless folks and bring them in. I did this year. And I know that I'm picking them up, so I'm hoping somebody's going to be talking to them and eating with them. And sometimes you can get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of deliveries that you forget when somebody walks by you, that's an opportunity to connect with that person and share. And so I was so thankful to that somebody took time to sit down with Paul and have dinner with him. It was Lauren Hoffman, and she sat there and talked to Paul and loved on Paul, and he's here today because Tom picked him up. Thank you, Tom. Look at 1 Corinthians eleven I'm almost done. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together. When you come together, tarry one for another. Well, there's a reason why we come together to enjoy the fellowship with each other. And then I love Acts chapter 20, verse 7, because it gives us some interesting things that happened when they gathered. First of all, it says they they gathered the first day of the week. The disciples came together. There's the togetherness there. They came together to break bread. There's the Lord's Supper. Paul preached. Tonight, we'll not have a sermon. I'll have a few words to to share, just a few, because I've obviously shared this morning, right? But tonight's not, not the time for a long sermon. But we'll have some words from Scripture. We'll have a testimony from a dear brother in Christ that'll share how much Jesus means to him and how Jesus saved him. And he'll he'll as we do every Lord's Supper, we'll have someone to share their story. And you'll get to to know them better. In fact, there's three things that we can enjoy at the Lord's table tonight. Number one, we can enjoy his presence. And I've mentioned that, but I, I want to just one more time remind you that we today will come into the presence of Jesus at his table. He invites us and we'll enjoy that. And it'll be sweet. The worship will be sweet. And the, the time with Jesus will be sweet. And then we'll enjoy not only his presence, but his power. Go back to that verse real quick there, Lucas. Um, notice it says, Paul preached. He preached unto them. There is power in the word of God. In fact, Scripture tells us that the Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It just pierces the soul and the spirit, Scripture says. And so tonight we'll have some Scripture reading and, and we'll, we'll let the Word of God move and, and work and, and, and shake us a little bit because it's powerful. So come tonight and enjoy His presence. Come tonight and enjoy His power and come tonight and enjoy His people. His people. The disciples came together. And I'm grateful tonight that we can come together. And here's my last final thought. It has something to do with that. The main event at a family reunion is usually the meal. The main event on Thanksgiving Day is usually the meal. In fact, when we we want to get to know someone better, we, we usually have a meal involved in that. When I first noticed my, my, my girlfriend, that, my wife, that was my girlfriend, that was my friend, that was my acquaintance, 
before she became any of the other stuff, I, I was so excited to be with her and to ask her out, but I wanted to find out what her favorite meal was because I knew that that would be a good way to get to know her. Food. And so I found out, a friend went down and found out that her favorite, her favorite foods, I said, look, just ask her what her favorite food is. And she said, McDonald's French fries. And so that's what I did. I literally went out and bought two large McDonald's French fries and we had our first date. And I told her, I said, look, I want to do this. I said, you, you, bring, you bring 10 questions. I want to get to know you a little bit. I said, we'll eat these French fries. And, and, and you ask me some questions, and I'll ask you some questions. And it was so interesting because of, she had a very interesting family, and they were Japanese and had come. You know, she, she had family that came from Japan and started businesses. And then during World War II, went to those camps, and her mom and dad were in those camps in Arizona. And so there was a lot of interesting stories. And I was like, oh, I was asking and she was asking me questions because I, I, I come from a, a home that was split and, and uh, lot, but still tons of love and grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, so an interesting Italian family. And we get to know each other over food. Our first 10 get-togethers were all getting to know each other with food involved. In fact, even now, my wife and I's greatest moments of getting together and just talking are when we go out to eat. We love it. I said all that to say this, that as we come together tonight to the Lord's table for supper, in fact, that's what he called it in Luke 22, supper. When we come together tonight to gather around this table, let's get to know the Lord better. Let's get to know his people better. And let's get to know ourselves a little better. Let's get to know the Lord better because he is real. He is powerful. He is with us. He is so wonderful and we need to get to know him better. And tonight we'll be given that opportunity. Let's get to know his people better. That's you and I. Let's, let's find someone and, 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 and maybe ask them who, who they are, where they work, what they do, and, and just take some time tonight as a church family. And then thirdly, let's get to know ourselves a little better. Examine ourselves. What is it in our lives that shouldn't be there? And then finally, if you're here this morning and you would say in all honesty, Pastor, listen, I I don't know for sure if I'm a Christian. I don't know for sure about what this is all about. And you talk about the broken body and the shed blood. And I mean, this makes more sense to me now, but I still have a lot of questions. I'm just not really sure about this great salvation, that's okay. That really is. It's okay that you're not sure. But I can, I can tell you this. You're here to be sure. I promise you that. This is a divine appointment. You came this morning because God loves you so much that he wants you to be saved. He died on the cross. He paid the penalty for your salvation, and today he wants you to know him as your Savior. And so when we give this, what we call an invitation, we'll invite you to come. We'll invite you to come to the altar. Others will come and pray, and yet 
others may come to be saved. And I want to make it very, very easy for anyone that would like to come and trust Christ. I'll be up front. And if you need someone to pray with you, we'll have another pastor or two up front. You just let us know. We would love to take a Bible or have someone to take a Bible or even just to pray with you and take some time after the service and share with you how much God loves you and all that he did for you. Because the cross will have the final word. And at the end of it all, I can assure you, Jesus wins. He wins. And he wins because of what happened at the cross and what the table represents. Let's bow our heads, shall we?